Hello Gen X, what is up? Welcome back to the water cooler. It's good to see you again. Uh, those of us who are, are working and, and hope you are enjoying your winter. We Now that we're past New Year's, we have entered the long dark of Moria. Except if there are some of you who are out there who are going through winter without cold and snow. I don't want to hear it. Uh, you guys can go pound sand. But for those of us who are suffering through this nonsense, um, bear with me. Hope you can um, make it through this uh, this dark, disgusting period of the year. So this past week uh, was a bit interesting. Um, you know, it started off last Wednesday with Inauguration Day. The nation's capital was on high alert. They were bracing for mass civil unrests and riots and protests and, and things of that nature. And they had National Guard called up from around the country. And it, it doesn't seem to, uh, it didn't seem to materialize the way that, that they had been bracing themselves for. Now, it could just be that you know the you know the capital protests that happened uh, were just sort of a a blip a mirage um, but the good news is that at least a lot of the the panic that was stoked in advance of inauguration day surprise surprise uh, was ill-founded and nothing happened so that was that was good even though I'll admit I didn't partake in any of it I worked I was productive. I, I I did my job, but for those who participated, uh, there there wasn't anything uh, any any unrest. So it would in that respect, it went off without a hitch. Uh, Trump, Donald Trump left Washington D.C. without incident. There seemed to be some speculation that he would cause some issues. He would keep the nuclear codes with him or he would have one more trick on up his sleeve to to protest uh, the election results but he didn't do that he he left in his helicopter he went to I, I believe his his uh, Mar-a-Lago estate and and nothing uh, outside of that uh, happened so he seemed to have, have beaten the odds as far as, as some were, were fearing. And that's a good thing. But he likely you know, should have participated in the inauguration. I understand why he didn't. Um, I, too, believe that there was on some level of shenanigans uh, that happened during the, during the election, and, and he you know, certainly went through his share of unfair treatment during his time as president, and so I, I understand where he's coming from. If that's what led to him not participating in the inauguration, but that being said, I think that there's a certain level of decorum that should go part and parcel with a position like president of the United States, and you should be able to have the emotional immaturity to suck it up and know that that office is bigger than yourself and even in the face of all the criticism and abuse that he took for four years and and a an election that 
was certainly eyebrow raising. And yet, and I believe that warranted, or still warranted, attending and respecting the process, respecting the office, and and respecting our our nation. But he so he decided not to participate. That's his prerogative, and we now have a Joe Biden presidency. Yay for us! It, a couple of weird things, though. Note of note with the with the uh, inauguration. Joe Biden, as he was being sworn in as president, uh, as as is custom, was it was attended outside of Donald Trump by ex presidents, the living ex presidents, and he was. Yeah, Jimmy Carter was not in attendance, but for those who were, George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden was older than all of them. <laughs> yeah, that that that's where we are. Yeah, we 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 swore in a president who is older than all of the ex presidents in attendance. That's weird. Of <laughs> uh, a, a further note, Joe Biden is older going into his first term being sworn in than Ronald Reagan was when he left office. Ronald Reagan, for those of us Gen Xers, us Reagan babies will remember, as his, his uh, time in the Oval Office at the time, he was old as president, relatively speaking. And he took a fair amount of criticism and abuse for his age. At the time, you remember he had that that snappy comeback during the 1984 campaign when he was asked about that in a debate. He, he said, how do you feel about uh, your age and, and criticisms about your age? And I believe his response was something along the lines of, uh, you know, and I resent that question and, and of, of age and relative to the presidency and I I will not make age an issue of this campaign I will not use my opponent's age youth and inexperience against him <laughs> and Walter Mondale even in the moment laughed and and that was one of those things that that further cemented his his landslide victory and and endeared him to to the American voters um but that was that was Ronald Reagan right and and he, but he he took his his abuse, especially in that second term. Uh, he was he, again he left office at age seventy seven, so in his early seventies he's going through his second term, and and as he left office he was starting to experience a little bit of mental decline. His his Alzheimer's that he that he suffered from was was starting to take hold of him, and he, he went went off out of office at age seventy seven and in decline. And here we get Joe Biden. <laughs> Entering off as older, and even in more decline. Uh, boy, what what a ride we're gonna have at least for four years or however long he manages to remain alive and keep keep heels up out of out of that office. We'll see how that goes, but uh, it, it it's weird to, to see that. Boy, you know the baby boomers did that. They just cannot let go of their power. They they cannot let go of that influence. And and if you're in in companies like mine, you, you you probably see this this long line of baby boomers just holding on to their power like grim death. And you know it, it, it's it's weird where we 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 heard about 
this labor shortage that would happen as the baby boomers exit the workforce. And it certainly doesn't seem to be materializing as, as the baby boomers are just holding on, you know, like, like, like they just can't let go of that power. They can't let go of that influence. And we're certainly seeing that on a national political level where now we have a guy going into his presidency who is currently 14 years older than the average life expectancy for someone born in the year that Joe Biden was born in. And here he is entering the presidency for Pete's sake. And good Lord, you know, we, we are we are in for some stuff. But the, the good news is that the inauguration went off without a hitch, although there was some fallout and deservedly so um, regarding those uh, series of army reserves who were there to help keep the peace and, you know, the, in advance of election day in response to the Capitol riots and you know, army reserves were called in from around the country and the streets of Washington, D.C. looked very much like a war zone, looked very much like an occupied force was was coming in to power and certainly was not the optics that you would want entering a presidency under under those contentious circumstances. But that's what we got. And... You saw, I don't know if you saw this, but the you had these army reserves who had to take up shelter and, and get rest and were sleeping in parking garages in Washington, D.C. And it, it was just unconscionable that, you know, that they were treated this way. And you know, keep in mind, these are army reserves, right? You know, these aren't full-time military, you know, they, those guys and, and, and those women around the country, around the world. You know, they rough it, you know, they, they sleep in, in dirt and in caves around the world. And, but th these aren't even, you know, full-time military. These are army reserves. These are people like you and me, you know, they, who, who give up that one weekend a month to train and be called on as needed. And, and sure there was that need and they were called to Washington to serve and they were given the warm reception of sleeping on concrete in parking garages, which is just embarrassing. And, and the, the powers that be within Washington caught deserved flack from this. And, and there was quite a bit of, of response to that. And I think resoundingly, you know, they, you know, they were caught with their pants down and, and were tried to save face as much as they could. You had members, although from, seemed like fairly both sides of the aisle, although, of course, the you know, the Republicans, as you would expect, were a little bit louder in their response, both being more pro-military and, and certainly in, in the, the party that's not in power. So their their response was a little bit louder, but they welcomed those uh, servicemen into their into the halls in their offices and we're buying them pizza and whatnot. And you know, there's going to be some kind of uh, a response and an investigation to figure out why in the heck that happened. But it was definitely not the look that you're going for in, in inauguration. You call in these national guardsmen from around the country and you have them sleeping on the floor in a freaking uh, parking garage. Come on. As Joe Biden would say, come on, man, <laughs> that, that, that's what you do. But that's, that's what they did. Um, and we'll see how how that goes. It's probably one of those things where it's one of those things that no one just thought about. There's a logistical issue that no one gave any consideration to, but it certainly stood in stark contrast in recent weeks leading up to the departure of the Trump presidency. There was that story that came out of the Secret Service de Secret Service detail that served 
Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner, who over the, the course of the presidency, um, they were disallowed to use the the uh, restrooms in in their residence. And so there was a an apartment that was rented, a, a basement apartment, I believe it was, you know, throughout the, the time and uh, in office. And, and the Secret Service had to use that apartment, that rented apartment, in order to use the, the restrooms there instead of using the, the ones in, in the residence. And they, and they, you know, Jared and Ivanka caught uh, understandable criticism for that. And, and they, you know, likened that to uh, the, the book and the movie, The Help, I believe it's called. Um, where the, you know, the, you know, the, the housekeepers and, and house servants were made to use, uh, outhouses and bathrooms, not in, in the homes that they were working in. So they, you know, they drew that parallel and, and there was this outcry, you know, as, as they're leaving office of, you know, these, these rich, powerful elites and are being protected by these secret service and they won't even let them use the bathrooms in their own home. And, and here, you know, those people lobbing those criticisms who call up these national guardsmen and, and as they're calling them up, we're, we're questioning their motives saying, you know, 70% of these people support Trump and are they going to be willing to, to keep the peace and are they going to let the insurrection happen? And, and in, in the face of this weird, undeserved criticism, but, you know, call them in and they serve anyway. And then they make them sleep on the floor of a freaking parking garage. It's just, it's just unconscionable. But again, this is, this is the environment that we, uh, that we live in. This is the environment that we allegedly elected. And so we need to get used to it. But it's certainly been in a, an eventful week, week one of the Biden presidency in the face of calls for unity there have been just a series of executive orders the like of which we have never seen or the levels of which we have never seen which makes these calls for unity seem that much more hollow and they really seem more of a call for submission that if you did not support joe biden's candidacy and you did not support his presidency you are being called now to submit that that th these calls for unity seem to be along that lines which is what you would expect from the democrats because let's be honest i mean you hear you hear these drum beats whenever they're not in in power and calls for bipartisanship which really means that they expect those who oppose them to just give in you know we if if they're in power or they're not in power you know, they, they just demand that they give in. You know, this is the same party who going into the Obamacare uh, negotiations were told that elections have consequences. I have a pen and a phone. You can sit uh, sit in the corner while we, while we do our thing. And this is that same party. So why would you, we expect anything else? And you know, these calls for unity are not sincere. They're not real. They just want submission. They just want you to just stand aside while they do their thing and keep your mouth, mouth shut. Well, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. You know, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm going to tell you what the heck I think. But we've seen in this first, first week more executive orders than we have in the, in the first weeks of the Trump, Obama, Bush, and Clinton presidencies combined. And again, not surprising, but 
that's that's what we're seeing. It's, it seems to be this full court press to sweep away any evidence of a Trump presidency and undo everything that has gone on the past four years. They have, among other things, as far as executive orders are concerned, um, have undone the so-called Muslim travel ban, rejoined the WHO, rejoined the Paris Climate Accords, put a halt to the border wall, stopped the Keystone Pipeline, and and have forbid fracking on federal lands. Now, the fracking thing is is of particular note because during the campaign in several instances um, on the campaign trail in interviews and in the debates joe biden was asked point blank is he going to forbid fracking um or is he going to outlaw fracking and because in the democrat debates he said he was absolutely going to put an end to fracking but then during the campaign and during debates, he said, I don't know where you got that. I, I will not ban fracking whatsoever. Well, he has certainly done that on federal land. And that has raised eyebrows and, and justifiably so. It has caused people to, to say, well, what gives? You said you were not going to ban fracking. And the response is somewhat laughable has been, well, he's not outlawing fracking. He's only forbidding fracking on federal lands. Well, a couple issues with that. While that may only account for, say, 10% of fracking that goes on within the country, um, that it certainly pinches with with putting a stop to the Keystone Pipeline. The it, it puts in question the the oil that's come from fracking and on private lands. But that also uh, forbids fracking for you know, Indian tribe and Indian tribe lands. So of, of note in particular is the Ute tribe in Utah, where you know, they have had in their lands. Uh, you know, this has gone on, and and the you know, Keystone Pipeline is goes through some of these Native American reservation lands, and. From their perspective, and they wrote a very bluntly worded letter that they consider this a an attack on their sovereignty, and they're not playing around. It, it it'll it'll be fascinating to watch where this goes. You know, you have the Canadians that were were caught a bit by surprise, saying, "Hey, this is in violation of international treaty." Well, that would, that's what you get, Justin Trudeau. But this is uh, not as, as straightforward as they would like to see, and, and you know, their little you know climate uh, climate change motives might seem cute and quaint, but when this comes on the heels of these things being in place for a number of years, it's not as as cute and clean as when you're talking about it before the fact. But for those who of us who have enjoyed four years of two dollar a gallon gas, you know you can can now look look forward to that not being the case, and that's not going to happen again. You know, or at least you know for a while. And I don't know if, if where it is by you, but I've seen uh, seen gas prices jump up by a good twenty five percent. You know, for you know. Gas that was two dollars a gallon a few weeks ago, or now 
about 250. It's it's jumped up pretty quick in response to this. And you have uh, you know, project teams and 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 oil workers who, but in the thousands now, who are going to be out of work. You know, yay climate change! But this is this is what we voted for. This is what you get. And you know, the state of Mexico is who is have benefited quite a bit from fracking and and from the Keystone Pipeline are now looking like, hey, what what gives? You know, the the Native American reservations in in New Mexico are saying, well, what gives? Well, in Mexico, last I checked, just like us in Illinois, you you voted blue. Well, this is what happens when you vote blue. The the, the elections have consequences, and and here we go. But the, and that's just one example in the steady stream of these executive orders. And there are more out there, there are more to come. But here we go. Yeah, there, there's going to be a, a strong impact to employment. There's going to be a very strong impact to the economy and not in a good way but this is uh this is where we are this is what's what happens when when you vote blue and we have just this uh this clown show of of members of the cabinet that are are coming in the jen granholms of the world the susan rices of the world you know jen granholm was he was governor of michigan when the water in Flint became a, a problem, Susan Rice was a member of the Obama administration, member of the uh, of the demonstrations in Libya that got out of control uh, during the Benghazi attacks. That you know, she tried to tried to cover that up and and lie to to you and me about what happened there. And if you've seen you know the the movie Thirteen Hours, your blood will boil. Yeah, what happened and and here she's getting another prominent role in in this administration so buckle up this is where we are headed but as far as the the clown show goes one of one of my favorite members of of that clown show is is jen saki she's the the press secretary and i gotta say she is no kaylee mcenany boy kaylee mcenany i thought she was just fantastic with that huge binder and this you know smart and prepared and sharp as she was and and she didn't put up with the the crap from the washington press corps and and they hated her for it but if if you've seen even just this short week the the circle back <laughs> loop that have been put together on 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 her responses to the Washington press corps is just absolutely hysterical. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, at Thomas Elliott has it on Twitter. I'm going to play it here, and it just it, it's it amazes me that someone like this can get put in this position that has this, is this unpolished and has this bad speaking habit as far as public speaking goes. And this is just in the first week here. Take a listen. And I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. But I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back. With you. I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back with you on that as well. <laughs> I love that. Those th That wasn't the same the same clip you know, every time th th those were different answers that that she was 
or, or different questions she was responding to. Um, oh boy. Yeah. You know, it, the, the condescension and the arrogance of that is just, is stunning for me because either a, she's not prepared or B doesn't want to answer, but you know, it's certainly her way of saying, I'm not going to answer and I'm going to pivot away from you and don't ask me again. That, that seems to be what that means. Um, and the fact that she has used that crutch that much in just this first week and, and imagine how much more she's, that was just a, a, a clip there that, that Tom Elliott has out there on Twitter. Um, imagine how many more times she used it than just what's in that clip. But it's funny. Uh, we got, we got to find the humor in, in, in this nonsense because it's going to be quite a ride for the next four years. So going forward, what, what's going to happen? You know, uh, how does, to those of us who are not on board with the nonsense, you're not on board with all of this, this divide, where, where are we going to go? Well, there's been talk that Donald Trump is going to start his own political party. Now, I don't know. I don't know where, where that's going to go, but uh, there's been sus- uh, some suspicion that he's going to start his own political party, the Patriot Party or the American Party. Apparently he's distanced himself from that Patriot Party that's been set up by some alt-right QAnon, whatever. I, I don't know. But whether or not that actually happens, I don't, I'm not sure. But I, for one, would be all for it. And now there, there's some there's some question as to whether that would just fragment Republican vote and that just gives Democrats the the advantage going forward. Well, I mean, to be honest, the Democrats already have that that advantage anyway because so many of the those who were voting Republican in the past two national election cycles they were there was a significant amount that were more Donald Trump voters than Republican voters to be honest you know the the Republicans cannot kid themselves that they've been doing such a bang up job that they have this mass support for them and for their agenda they simply don't you know like I've said before the Democrats may always be bad um, but the Republicans are usually bad and that's that's not a glowing endorsement for these guys but I'd I'd be all for another political party or parties. Yeah, you know, I would. I wish that we would be a little bit more like Japan and the UK and and these other you know, democratic countries that have many political parties and that win elections and have to have to work with with the different powers on on different topics and and concerns and have to you know work and and side with with different uh with different interests depending on what what the topic might be and there's a lot more negotiating that happens rather than just the party that has the majority just ramrodding their agenda through i i think that would be a good thing for our country um but it doesn't seem to be someplace that we're going to be anywhere soon but um we certainly need more of that um but as to whether that's going to come from Donald Trump, I don't know. Honestly, I'd, I think probably not. Uh, and he has set up this, interestingly enough, he set up this quote-unquote office of the former president. I mean, that's not a thing. You know, I I laughed when, you know, Joe Biden set up the office of the president-elect. I laughed when Barack Obama did that because that's not a thing. You know, you don't have power until you're inaugurated. And when you leave office, you don't have power either. Uh, so you, you, you may want to set up something where you can 
can continue your policy agendas, and that's that's great. But that that's not something that is a thing. Yeah, but he's he's more than welcome to create that if that's where uh, he wants to go. But we'll we'll see how he. Uh, his influence goes and it, if the this dog and pony show of another uh, of another impeachment is going to go anywhere you know the democrats seem hell-bent on doing it if, if for nothing else and to try to forbid him from ever running for office again that seems to be what they're driving at and and they've already impeached him a second time over the whole capital riot nonsense and they want, and they're driving hard to try to convict. Now, I know they really want to drive him out of office, but, you know, that's already happened. So we, clearly there's something else here we can see through through what's going on. But they're going to charge ahead because, again, they, they have the power. They, they took it. Whether they got it legit or it, it was taken, they have it. And so we are in for quite a ride. But we'll brace for it, and, and we Gen Xers will continue to roll our eyes at, the, at them and continue to do our thing and, and call them out on all their crap. But we'll see where it goes, and until next time, uh, stay cool, Gen X.